0: And now, Veep Thoughts by Kamala Harris
1: I
2: think it's very important, as you have heard from so many incredible leaders, for us at every moment in time, and certainly this one, to see the moment in time in which we exist and are present. And to be able to contextualize it to understand where we exist in the history and in the moment as it relates not only to the past, but the future.
1: This has been Veep Thoughts by Kamala Harris. Stu does
3: America. Welcome to the program. Head over to blaze tv.com slash stew. Help us push back against the rapid unscheduled disassembly of America. Use the promo code Stu to save 10 bucks. If you're watching on YouTube, like the video right this moment. Just do it before I say something that pisses you off later on. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the bell for notifications. Do all the things. We appreciate it. Steve Krakauer will be here in studio to break down the cable news insanity from this week. Ron DeSantis is all over the news as well. We'll get the latest on that story. But we start by doing the return of Tucker Carlson. You know, I'm happy you're here. Many of you are here maybe for the first time because your 8 p.m. just started sucking and you're like, where can I go to get some, uh, you know, news of the day and some sane analysis that's not from the mainstream media? Well, if that's you, we welcome you here. I wish it was under different circumstances, though. I wish it wasn't because Tucker Carlson had been fired from Fox News Channel. It doesn't make much sense to me. And a lot of the stuff that is coming out of that, a lot of the ramifications are really negative however that you can find some bright spots you can find little little bits of light in the darkness of course number one we're happy you're here if you're looking for an 8 p.m. home we are here for you five days a week at 8 p.m. and we'd love to have you at least until Tucker finds his new thing hang out here for a while maybe longer we'll see how that goes secondarily the only other good thing I can find out of this is without this story, we wouldn't have had this rant from Megyn Kelly.
0: Even uh, Keith Olbermann was saying similar things, uh, comparing Tucker to a Nazi... He also, for good measure, decided to tweet about me because I said Tucker's gonna be better off without Fox and said something to the effect of, you got fired from Fox and NBC, what would you know about it? So first of all, you misstate the circumstances of my departure from NBC, sir. That's all I'm allowed to say about it. Uh, And as for Fox, there were widely reported facts that I was offered $100 million to stay there, Uh, but the record's very clear that I left voluntarily because I wanted to raise my family, something you don't know anything about because no one would marry you and you have no children. A cold, lonely (laughs) life in which you become a bitter, bitter man—something I wouldn't know anything about because my life is joyful, and I've managed to raise my own children. (laughs) And someday, I hope you have that pleasure, but I don't have high hopes it's going to happen. But Moynihan, (laughs) the (laughs) left—no, no, no, he's got a podcast. What he does have is Uh, a podcast that nobody's listening to that we crush.
3: Oh, it's just fantastic! Anytime Keith Olbermann can just take, you know, a. Uh, a, a, a verbal brick to the face like that is always something I'm going to tune in for. So congratulations to Megan Kelly for at least making this week a little bit enjoyable. Um, where will Tucker Carlson go? Where will he be? What is his side of the story? We still don't have all that much information on that. We did get word from Tucker Carlson, though, last night right at 8 o'clock. Uh, this headline Kind of makes me laugh. Tucker Carlson breaks his silence, but does not address his departure from Fox News. Really? He didn't address it? I mean, I kind of thought he did very opaquely, but I do think he did uh, address his departure. If you haven't seen the video yet, let's go through it a little bit here and what it looks like Tucker is talking about, because... There's several parts of this that are really important for not only Tucker Carlson, not only the future of conservative media, but also just the future of the conservative movement. How do we deal with things? How do we look at what is coming next? Here's Tucker Carlson.
2: Good evening, it's Tucker Carlson. One of the first things you realize when you step outside the noise for a few days is how many genuinely nice people there are in this country, kind and decent people, people who really care about what's true, and a bunch of hilarious people also, a lot of those. It's gotta be the majority of the population, even now. So that's heartening.
3: You know, this is kind of just a quick intro, and I think a lot of people would just toss it away, but it does remind you of something that was really key about the rise and continued success of Rush Limbaugh over so many years. There was a vibe from Rush of a happy warrior, he was a guy who enjoyed what he was doing. He enjoyed life. He enjoyed people. He enjoyed looking and, and mocking the absurdity of what was going on around him. It wasn't always anger. It wasn't always doom. It wasn't always gloom. It wasn't always uh, that, that sort of darker side of what can feel really dark, honestly. You know, we're facing a lot of really dark themes these days. And the question is really. How do we deal with that and how do we communicate these values to other people who might not be familiar with them, who might be doubting them, who may have been fed mainstream media lies about them for so long? That The vibe of this, the fact that he's talking about enjoying people, the fact that he's talking about hilarious people, he's laughing at all of this, is crucially important to the approach if this movement is going to continue and that people are going to actually want to be part of it. Here's more from Tucker Carlson. The other thing you notice
2: when you take a little time off is how unbelievably stupid most of the debates you see on television are. They're completely irrelevant. They mean nothing. In five years, we won't even remember that we had them. Trust me, as someone who's participated. And yet at the same time, and this is the amazing thing, the undeniably big topics, the ones that will define our future, get virtually no discussion at all. War. Civil liberties, emerging science, demographic change, corporate power, natural resources. When was the last time you heard a legitimate debate about any of those issues? It's been a long time. Debates like that are not permitted in American media.
3: I started looking back, I think, some of the issues we were talking about four or five years ago. One of them was the Jussie Smollett incident. And you think about that, now you might remember the Jussie Smollett incident. Incident, it might not be completely erased from your history, but you know, was that meaningful? I mean, it was really funny, (laughs) frankly, to to watch this guy uh, blow up his career to try to prove some bizarre racist lie that MAGA MAGA country is this downtown Chicago at 2 a.m. walking back from a subway. I mean, it was entertaining, but there was a huge debate about that at the time. And honestly, if if people would have just waited to hear the facts. People on the left wouldn't have embarrassed themselves by running out in his defense. And what Tucker, I think, is appealing to is something that we all sort of crave. And we try to do this here. We try to do it here on Blaze TV. There are a lot of now longer-form podcasts that try to do this, but to try to find something of, of more lasting value. So you're not constantly just being beat around by the news of the day you know there's a lot to look at here and tucker carlson's 8 p m show going away is part of it but it's a small part of it and i think tucker would acknowledge that as well it's it's bigger than just one show it's bigger than just one person it's a much much larger picture where people need to come together and talk about actual important things on a nightly basis instead of just getting everybody fired up about the dumb issue of the day that is completely erased in moments Tucker went on. Both political parties and their donors have
2: reached consensus on what benefits them, and they actively collude to shut down any conversation about it. Suddenly, the United States looks very much like a one-party state. That's a depressing realization, but it's not permanent. Our current orthodoxies won't last. They're brain dead. Nobody actually believes them. Hardly anyone's life is improved by them. This moment is too inherently ridiculous to continue, and so it won't. The people in charge know this. That's why they're hysterical and aggressive. They're afraid. They've given up persuasion. They're resorting to force. But it won't work.
3: You know, it's interesting because we on the conservative side of things often complain about the the, the victimization of America. Uh, the, the idea that Everyone wants to be a victim now. It used to be something you wanted to avoid. It used to be something that you'd run from, you'd be embarrassed of. And that wasn't necessarily a healthy way to deal with actual victimization either. But now it's like the thing you want to be. You see this from, of course, younger workers constantly, right? Like it's people who just think that they are, everyone's always coming down on them for some characteristic of theirs. There's always something going on and it's, it's frustrating. And also, I think subtly, pessimistic in form. There's this idea that you're constantly being beat down by someone. You're always on the wrong side of things. We're always fighting back, but we just can't get there. No matter what we do, things get worse. Blah, 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 blah. But you see Tucker's message here is filled with optimism. Uh, You know, this, it it might feel like a one party state, but it's not permanent. These orthodoxies will not last. Um, The moment is too inherently ridiculous to continue. And so it won't. They've given up persuasion. They've uh, resorted to force, but it won't work. This is incredibly important. Again, if if you want, we can all sit here and talk about elections. We can all think, hopefully somebody will come along and save us all. The magical king, the magical politician will get elected and they'll come to our rescue. Blah, 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 blah. That's not how this happens. It's not how it's ever happened in this country, at least. What What we need to do is come together on ideas come together on optimism. You know, this pathetic positioning of the conservative movement as constantly uh, losing and constantly under fire and constantly behind and constantly on the wrong side of history, it's gotta end. I mean, I think conservatives talk about it too much. We have to understand that, look, these ideas will win because they're better. They'll win because they work. They'll win because they will win people over, that see those policies being beneficial to them. To seeing they, you know, people. You know, I keep coming back to the gender thing because it's just the most obvious example. But like, we can't have a situation, a civilization, where we can't even figure out what men and women are. Like, that's just not how things are supposed to operate. You're supposed to be able to come together on basic truths. And I think eventually people have no choice. It's human nature to come back to truth. You can get diverted from time to time. And and believe me, we've seen a lot of those diversions lately. But we can get back to actual truth, evidence-based policies, just basic principles that bring us together. Let me give you the end of the Tucker Carlson piece.
2: When honest people say what's true, calmly and without embarrassment, they become powerful. At the same time, the liars who've been trying to silence them shrink and they become weaker. That's the iron law of the universe. True things prevail. Where can you still find Americans saying true things? There aren't many places left, but there are some, and that's enough. As long as you can hear the words, there is hope. See you soon.
3: All right, that's Tucker Carlson returning uh, live, uh, or actually, I think it was on Twitter uh, last night right at uh, about 8 p.m. It's interesting to see what's going on behind the scenes, of course. You know, Tucker coming out, making this statement, he's limited, right? He is under contract with Fox News, and I'm sure they're trying to work through whatever negotiation they're going to have. Is he going to be able to go somewhere else right away? Are they going to try to keep him on the sidelines with a non-compete? That's not something I'm sure Tucker is going to want to do, but you're seeing a very familiar pattern play out from Fox News. We went through some of this last night, and it's an ugly part of a place that I think has been, generally speaking, good for the country. Fox News Channel, I think, has been a good influence on the country. I don't know where we'd be without it, honestly. I don't know. Uh, I don't know where where we would be without it, but luckily it was there, and, and that, along with forces like talk radio and the rising digital media, has helped conservatives push back and say, hey, no, you're not gonna control every single narrative. That's really been important. But one thing that has been a constant issue with Fox News when its hosts leave is them being trash in the media. They're trying to uh, to drive a wedge between Tucker Carlson and his audience and his fans. They want to see a separation there because Fox News wants to get those people back. So what they're trying to do is make Tucker look bad in the media. This is not a hidden thing. This has been something that is. M- been reported on for years and years and years and years that Fox, we know it with Glenn as he's talked about on the air, uh, that they keep a file about you and try to intimidate you and try to leak things to the media about you to keep you under control. When you're there, they try to kind of undermine you a little bit. When you leave, they try to destroy you. And we're seeing that with Fox News Now. This piece came out, which is just, I mean, just absolute alleged PR uh, hackery at work on the eve of trial discovery of Carlson texts set off a crisis atop Fox. You'd wonder well, how they, how, why all of a sudden are they firing this guy? This, this trial has been going on forever. He like went through the deposition process like la- I think it was last year or the year before. I mean, this is not a new story. Um, and yet they are trying to act as if they just found something. And these executives just couldn't believe it. Uh, they say private messages sent by Mr. Carlson that had been redacted in legal filings showed him making highly offensive and crude remarks that went beyond the inflammatory, often racist comments of his primetime show and anything disclosed in the lead-up to the trial. Despite the fact that Fox trial lawyers had these messages for months, the board and some, not all, but some senior executives were now learning about their credentials, their details for the first time, setting off a crisis at the highest level of the company. And if you believe that, you'll believe anything. I mean, it's just not this is not how this goes down with your most uh, prominent host. You're not like, oh, my gosh, a text, a text we've had in our in our uh, possession for years that just our lawyers that were paying millions of dollars didn't happen to tip us off to. That's the reason we're firing our host today. Come on. Who believes that? But you might say to yourself, wow. Look, if there is something salacious, something terrible that Tucker Carlson was saying, maybe this did put people. Uh, over the the edge so what was it what was said I mean it's a four-page story here it's got to have some of the details of what's said right well it's not in paragraph one or two or three or four or five or six or seven or eight or nine or ten or eleven or twelve or thirteen or fourteen or fifteen or sixteen or seventeen or 18, or 19, or 20, or 21, or 22, or 23. But if you happen to read to paragraph 24 of the story, you will get the allegations in full. And wow, are they damaging? Are you ready for them? Paragraph 24 of the New York Times story. And Mr. Carlson's indiscretion has exposed him further. Given how polarizing he has been, both inside and outside of Fox News, again, still no no evidence, more evidence of embarrassing and inappropriate conduct could emerge. So again, we still have no evidence of actual misconduct. We we have a promise that more could emerge. In video obtained by the Times, okay, here it comes, here it comes. Mr. Carlson is shown off camera, not sure how that works, discussing his postmenopausal fans and whether they will approve of how he looks on the air in another video. He is overheard describing a woman he finds yummy. And that's it. Do you think they got rid of their most powerful and popular host because he called someone yummy or worried about how he might look on screen to his older audience? Do you think really they pulled the plug on a Show that's making them a hundred million dollars a year, or whatever it is. Do you really think so? I tend to think that's a whole bunch of BS once again leaked by Fox to try to destroy not only his credibility but his credibility with his audience. Insults to his audience. Maybe he's a bad guy, maybe he's saying really bad things, maybe he's insulting his own fans. That's what you're supposed to take from that article. So, where will Tucker go next? X Fox anchor speaks out as uh, organizations extend offers. They go through his uh, the video that we went through, but they also talk about how basically every conservative media company is trying to hit up, uh, you know, Tucker Carlson to come work for them. I'm you know, I don't have any inside information on this. I bet you we're trying to get in touch and making an offer or talking to him about an offer. Who knows? I don't know that for a fact, but I would assume pretty much everybody is calling. Understandably so. He's a top talent and he has a massive, massive audience and a massive, massive following. And we are weaker as a country for losing a prominent voice, even if you disagree with the things he says. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, a rusted hole in what we prize as the First Amendment in principle. It's a real problem. And so, look, I'm not happy about the circumstances. I'd like to just say I'm happy you're here, and I am. I'm not happy about the reason why you're here if you happen to be someone who's new to the program. And I know we have a ton of people who have come over just this week. We welcome you here. We don't have to worry about what we say or what um, criticisms may come. It's one of the things we really love about The Blaze. BlazeTV.com slash Stu. If you want to be a subscriber, we, we'd love you to have you there. If you're on YouTube, click follow. Join us. We're here at 8 p.m., and we'll be holding down the fort as long as we need to. We appreciate it. We have more on this story with a guy who's really tuned in to all the media development, Steve Krakower. He's coming on next.
1: Does
3: if you're one of those people who did the tough thing during COVID, you probably feel really frustrated. You know, you see a lot of people who are getting away with all sorts of free government cash and all that. But you, on the other hand, you paid your people. You pulled your business through the pandemic. And now, do you get anything for this? Do you, are you part of, uh, of, of all of this? Where, what, where are you supposed to go? Well, you can go uh, actually get some real help, uh, up to $26,000 per employee from the people at covidrelieftax.org. Uh, now this is available to help companies uh, with two or more employees who stayed open during the COVID pandemic. That was really really tough for a lot of people, but if you could if you did that and you made it through, that's a historic achievement honestly. This is not a loan, you don't have to pay it back. The program itself is complicated, but nobody knows more about it than the CPAs and tax experts at covidrelieftax.com. Uh, you don't have to do. You know You don't have to pay anything up front. They do all the work. They can give you all the details. Businesses of all types, including nonprofits and churches, can qualify, including those who took PPP loans, even if you had increases in sales. Get the details on this. You gotta. I mean, they take enough of your money. You might as well understand how all these programs work. Don't wait around. This is the time to take advantage of this. Uh, if you did the tough thing for your employees during COVID, let COVIDTaxRelief.org. Help get you up to $26,000 per employee. It's covidtaxrelief.org, covidtaxrelief.org. Joined once again by Steve Krakauer. He's the editor of Fourth Watch Media and the author of Uncovered, How the Media Got Cozy with Power, Abandoned Its Principles, and Lost the People. It's available now wherever you get your books. And, of course, the book is uh, a behind-the-scenes look at what went wrong in the media, and then this week happens, yeah. and really kind of highlights uh, everything you talked about in the book. I mean, I, it, this has to be the craziest week in cable news history.
1: I think so. I, it's it's You would imagine that the top cable news host, potentially the most influential person in the media losing their job, being fired in an instant. Out of nowhere. Even on its own probably would have been the biggest week uh, of, of media news. And then that coupled with the Don Lemon news, Nate Silver and ABC, which I think is probably just a continuation of last week's BuzzFeed news shutting down, and yeah. so you know that's more of just the traditional financial situation, uh, and that, I mean there's there's continued stories this week as well. So no, yeah, I, I think it's it's by far one of the biggest, and I, I do think look Tucker leaving Fox is is seismic. It's there's there's not going to be a media story like that probably the rest of the year, and so and we'll and we'll continue to feel the ramifications of it. I think for for months and, and years to come.
3: Yeah, and we didn't even discuss NBC right. The NBC executive with a affair slash. Sexual harassment scandal. Yes. That went down. Vice News sh- sh- uh, shutting off a bunch of their operations. I mean, th- this has just been a wild week.
1: Yeah, I think so. The Vice one, I, I connect with the Buzzfeed with yeah. the 538. By the way, 538 is staying at ABC, which is a little bit odd. Nate Silver's leaving, so that's I'm not exactly sure that what's going to happen there. Vice, I think, is actually going to potentially shut down entirely. I think they're looking for someone to pick up the scraps of Vice and and move it somewhere else. And if they can't find that buyer, they'll just shut the whole thing down. But honestly, what it feels like is we are at this real inflection point. You know, 2023 we're in the kind of middle of the year. There's a big election coming up. It's going to be massive. Everyone is going to try to position themselves for what's to come over these next 18 months and beyond. And I, I don't think this is the end. I, I, my sources, not to get give away, are, is that there will be other big name cable news talent that potentially are leaving. Um, I know that a small move at CNN today was John King has moved off of his week, weekday show, and Dan, Dan, Dana Bash is coming in uh, at her, at, to take his place. He's not leaving the network. But I think there's going to be a lot more shuffling, people losing their jobs, people getting hired in the next month or so as they get set for what's to come beginning in the summer.
3: Mm, That's I can't believe there's more to come uh, after after all this that we've seen. Let's dive into the Tucker thing, though, specifically, you know, here here's a guy who is on the top of the world. Right. I mean, he really was at the peak of his fame and influence. He you know, did something pretty hard. I mean, Bill O'Reilly held down that fort for 20 plus years to replace somebody like that and come in and you know, not miss that many steps and, and eventually rise to a level that's very similar is really hard to do. And if you're able to, to have that sort of transition as a as a cable news company, that's something you celebrate and you live off the fruit of for a very long time. This is seemingly, I think, to the average person who watches Fox News, completely out of nowhere. We know the Dominion thing went down. Do we have any theories on what we think the cause is?
1: It it seems like every theory that it could be, Dominion, other lawsuits, every theory is, is sort of easily dismissed, because if it was about the Dominion texts, th- th- we knew about those texts for, for months now, and yeah. certainly Fox knew about those texts for years now, essentially, at least going back over almost a year. Uh, if it was about these uh, incoming lawsuits, we haven't seen anything that shows anything that that is actually of substance that would affect Tucker in that way. And going back to the Dominion thing, I, I think what's, what's most interesting about it is that you look at like who could be the potential fall people from that Dominion lawsuit, Maria Bartiromo potentially, Janine Pirro, no, it's Tucker who was the one who went on the air and really took it to Sidney Powell in a, in a way that, that no other person at Fox did. And so it, it doesn't make sense that that would be it we we also are getting these weird ancillary stories. In fact, stories that even before this week about Rupert Murdoch and his then fiance who had dinner with Tucker out in California and the fiance apparently was an enormous Tucker Carlson fan and started, there's quotes about her bringing out her Bible and starting to read it with him and Rupert's sitting there not really knowing what to say and then they break up, they break off the engagement so, uh, but who knows? I mean, none of that is, is the answer to what happened here other than did something just, something change? Obviously, something changed in, in, a, in an instant that said from the very top, the, the Murdoch's level, we're done with this person. And whatever the fallout is going to be, and, and as we've seen this week, I mean, massive fallout. Fallout not just at the 8 p.m. hour in terms of the ratings, but the entire network is getting obliterated in ways that, it, it's shocking. It's, it, they are now at... Pre 9/11 level ratings. They have not seen ratings that low in the demo, which is you know Tucker was getting 400 or so thousand each night. Uh, now that hour is getting around 130,000. Um, that they've never seen ratings that low. It's, it's behind MSNBC. It's behind CNN right now. It happened in 2020, in November 2020, a little bit during the post-election little moment there, which I think Tucker actually helped them get back to where they, where they were, only a couple weeks that that, that happened. This seems different.
3: Mm, that's amazing. I mean, 130,000 to give you perspective on that, we were beating those numbers when we were at CNN headline News. Not even the Fox news times. That was the headline news times. That's incredible. Now, of course, there's been changes in the marketplace as well that explain some of that. But that is an inc- I mean, that is a disaster. Yeah. And they were so worried about the potential of people going over to Newsmax or something like that during the 2020 uh, you know, election fallout that I thought they they handled it poorly. They got almost too freaked out about some people leaving for a short period of time after that. This is different, though. You've taken away kind of, the you know, the tentpole, right? I mean, Tucker was, what's interesting about Tucker, he was different. You know, they have a lot of good hosts, hosts that people enjoy. But, you know, Tucker was the guy that stood out. He was the guy that rest. you know, constantly was grabbing the news cycle and pulling it over to what he wanted to talk about. And and you're now seeing the typical thing that Fox does in behind the scenes where all of their PR people wind up going out and leaking terrible things about Tucker Carlson. This is well-known in the industry. I know you, I mean, you go back to Mediaite and you worked here at The Blaze and you work now with Megyn Kelly, who I know had to deal with a lot of this as well. Yes, yes. why do they treat people like this? I don't understand it.
1: Well, it's it is the mo. It's it, that is the 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 operational s- setup of of the way Fox has always been, going back. You know, certainly the Ailes era was like that. I don't know if you may know a thing or, or two about that <laughs> yeah. at, at some point. So I, that is the the general way that this happens. But it does again. It's not hitting in the way that I think that they would like because Tucker is different. Like you mentioned, it's it's not just your average, very successful conservative host that's at 8 p.m. It's a person who is different from everyone else at Fox News right now. I mean, when it comes to to giant important issues like the war in Ukraine, you will get a different perspective at 8 o'clock than perhaps any other hour on Fox News, let alone on any other cable news network. And and it's resonating in a way that, it's it's always so funny, people may, always like this MAGA Trump guy. No, he's not that at all. He, but what he is, is in the same way that Trump captured a certain segment of the population that's not necessarily hardcore Republicans, they're people that maybe lean right, and there's some people that lean left, and there's some people that are not particularly a, you know political. He's capturing those people. I, I know people in my everyday life who are not political, who are not Republicans who are everyday Tucker viewers or at least enjoy the clips when they, when they, they find it on their, their Instagram and Facebook in ways that no, no other Fox News host has. And so those people are not getting an explanation about why he left and they're now getting the, the, the tweet video that he put out exactly at eight o'clock just to I think you know, troll them a little <laughs> sure. bit. And, and they're, they're getting what they want from the person that they wanted it from.
3: Mm. Yeah, it really is incredible to watch it all kind of crumble here. I mean, I think this is a real this is a real problem for them. You know, you think it's going to maybe weaken Fox News. I don't think it's going to necessarily make them collapse and go away forever. But they're an important part of the media that especially when you're a conservative or a Republican, it's hard to get your voice out there. You take away a a platform like this. This is going to do real damage. Uh, Let's go over to CNN here for a second, though, because the Don Lemon thing kind of seemed like it was coming for a while. I was surprised, honestly, they didn't just get rid of him when they made those initial changes, you know, when. People like Brian Stelter were like, go. I don't know why they didn't include Lemon in that. Right. They tried to put him with a morning show with two women. That didn't work out very yeah. well. What do we know about the situation?
1: Yeah, I, I think that they legitimately thought this could be a good compromise to, obviously, we need him out of prime time and he's not going to work there. And we don't want him necessarily gone from the network entirely. He is a talented anchor in some capacity. So can he be what we need him to be, which is a, a straight down the middle, fun, just do the news and have some fun with it kind of host that frankly he used to be. When I worked with Don Lemon back in 2012, 2013, that's what he was, mm. but that was in a pre-Trump era. That was also in a pre-Don Lemon has 2 million followers and book deals era. Right. So so a lot of that has I think gone to his head and we saw that play out not just behind the scenes like we're now hearing leaks about Tucker, but on TV, I mean in the morning, that is just, you know, destruction for a morning show to have that weird tension that that was uh, that was on that show. So it was absolutely inevitable. I mean, I'm, I'm hearing that was that Vivek Ramaswamy interview last week. That was the nail in the coffin. They didn't want him to be necessarily the the next guy to go on on Monday after Tucker, but it was going to be it was going to happen this week regardless. And so whether it was going to be Tuesday, Wednesday, let him say goodbye, let him find a, a, a an, you know a nice joint statement to go well. Don got the word and, and put the tweet out and, and the rest is history. And so now, as he said last night, I'm going to just enjoy the summer on the beach. Okay, well, that's what, that's, that's what you want to do. I, I think CNN is going to be much better off that they don't have to deal with the headache that is Don Lemon.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it seems like, too, there was a there was rumor that, that maybe the story had leaked already. The New York Times, they had to push it out. Um, it, it was the best time to release it, though, oh, yeah. because no one even cared because the Tucker thing had just come out and it was very much uh, buried. Right. Um, the NBC story, I think, is fascinating as well. It really got no attention. This okay. is the, the you know, you're very lucky if you're in this situation and this story comes out about you. Big, the uh, you know, president of what NBC Universal or whatever I, was that his role?
1: NBC Universal CEO, yeah, yeah Jeff Shell, yeah. who only was got in that position three years ago. I mean, he's been he's been at the network for a very long time. And uh, yeah, the Variety piece uh, cover story by Tatiana Siegel, which a great read, came out today. And it it gets into the details of this, which is actually that he, who's married, uh, has been having a nine-year affair with the CNBC anchor, Hadley Gamble. Uh, And then she gets the news that, well, your contract's not getting renewed. She then attributes it to the end of this affair and begins this sexual harassment claim or sexual, um, I, I guess retaliation, right. which what you would call it. Which, you and, know, may, sure.
3: after a nine year thing, you can see maybe there's a reason there to believe that.
1: Exactly, so whether that was actually what happened or whether it's just the perception of what happened, it's terrible for a guy in his position, the guy who's running the company to, to be in that position. So yeah, he he was, they did an internal investigation. He's out. But as you, as you point out, you know, he's not a big name. He's not a, a, a guy that is necessarily going to get the headlines. And, and even if he was going to get those headlines, Monday morning when Tucker's news came down, it was like Jeff Schell, is lucky again, for him. <laughs>
3: yeah, they kind of do it. Um, uh, last one, you've talked about the, the media business ecosphere here with BuzzFeed News and Vice News and 538 all announcing major layoffs or maybe even shutting their sites at BuzzFeed News completely gone. Right, These were all blue chip VC targets, tons of money being poured into, people investing in these things as the future of news. And now all of them are going away kind of at the same time. Uh, that's really... Uh, remarkable and you know there's a bunch of like boring old, you know the blaze is still around for some oh, yeah? reason and you know uh, you know i i don't know fox news still exists still i mean but all these these were the the shiny new toys for all, millions and millions and millions of dollars to
1: be the future of media and now they're all gone what does it mean i think that that buzzfeed and vice are, are great case studies and they will be great case studies for you know 10 20 years down the road of Companies that could have been successful if they developed a specific brand and that brand was not, we're gonna try to be ABC News and CBS News and and CNN. Why would you want to do that? You are are something new and different and exciting, but instead they're purported to be everything to everyone, and then in the process became nothing. And so, so, yeah, I think that, you know, did they get too big, too fast? I, I really think it's just from from a fundamental, the makeup of the company was just completely poorly thought out. It, you, if you wanna be successful in a digital media landscape, you wanna be different than traditional media and legacy media. Those companies th- are, are in their own troubles. They're, they're losing audience every day. Right. Why are you trying to emulate them? But that is what they tried to do, and, and now they're, they're seeing the real effect of it. I, Buzzfeed, you could also to say went public and it was a disaster. I mean, the stock is at like literally less than one at this point. And so, so I, I think there was all these bad business decisions, plus the Trump of it all. Uh, you know, they, they, they were doing okay in 2018, 2019, 2021. Okay, now now we're gonna start to see what's going on here. And, and yeah, I mean, BuzzFeed News is just gone,
3: gone. It really is fascinating. The place that the dossier came out from is now no longer exists. Uh, Really incredible. Incredible. Uh, Steve, it's an an incredible time for media, and I think you're right. It's setting up for this election cycle. It's going to be fascinating to watch. Steve Krakauer, uh, be sure to watch uh, Fourth Watch Media. Pick up a copy of his book as well. It's called Uncovered, How the Media Got Cozy with Power, Abandoned Its Principles, and Lost the People. It's available now wherever you get your books. Steve, thanks so much for coming on the program. Thanks, too. Well, no matter why you're moving across the country, so many people were moving after the, the COVID situation where if you're in a blue state, they locked down, you were miserable, your kids, your kids wearing nine masks to school, you wanted to get out of there. You probably moved to Texas or Florida or, or uh, you know, maybe Tennessee or Arizona, someplace where things were at least a little bit more sane. And when people did that, they kind of were buying houses sight unseen. You better have a good real estate agent if you're going to do something like that. That's why realestateagentsitrust.com exists. Whether you're buying a home or selling a home, you need to get the best price. This is one of the biggest financial transactions of your entire life. And it's probably a good chunk of your retirement as well. You better make sure this transaction goes the right way. Find the best agent in your area right now at realestateagentsitrust.com. Just give them some basic information and they will connect you to the best agent in your town. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. Check it out now, realestateagentsitrust.com. Well, one of the things about the speculation of Rod DeSantis running was um, there's a little issue with that. Uh, it was illegal. Mm-hmm. Right. He couldn't run for president because he was governor and there was a law in Florida that said he couldn't run if he was still governor. He would have had to step down. Well, that is going away because the Florida Senate has passed a bill allowing DeSantis to run for president without resigning as governor. No big surprise here, but it does pave the way for what everyone does expect. DeSantis is now set to jump into the 2024 presidential fray in mid May. So just a few weeks away. We'll see if that holds up. Um, Now, the Disney thing has been big on the uh, DeSantis front. Of course, Disney now suing uh, the the DeSantis uh, administration saying, hey, you know, you can't screw with us like this. You're targeting us. And it doesn't seem like there's much to the lawsuit, but it is going to, you know, uh, gum up the works a little bit and really draw drag this out for probably the entire campaign. Uh, So we don't think this is going to be going away anytime soon. As I said yesterday, politically speaking, DeSantis really needs to figure out a way to show a win here. We'll see if he can uh, figure that out. Now, Nikki Haley's gone the other way. She says Disney can move to her home state after it sues DeSantis. She says we will uh, uh, happily um, accept your 70,000 jobs if you want to leave Florida. South Carolina is not woke, but we're not sanctimonious about it either. And a lot of people noting that's the word. I mean, look, sanctimonious isn't that common a word seems like the thing you know obviously Trump is calling DeSantis DeSanctimonious De Sanctimonious, right which actually seems like the opposite of sanctimonious in a way uh, but regardless uh it does seem some people speculating this is Nikki Haley sort of kissing up to Trump and saying hey I want to be your VP we'll see if that uh, if that plays out um Dwayne Wade by the way he of course uh, famous most famous for being on the Miami Heat uh he has a trans child and he is saying his family would not be accepted or feel comfortable in Florida which is obviously not true uh, well, I mean, maybe they wouldn't feel comfortable. I guess that's up to them. But the fact that they wouldn't be accepted. I don't know if you've ever been to Florida. Have <laughs> you ever been to Miami. Lots of different things going on there. Uh, lots of people are accepted. Uh, and uh, finally, Pete Buttigieg wants to spend 20 million dollars on female crash dummies. I find this story fascinating. We should go to a longer rant at this at some point. But it's easy to kind of just mock him here. Totally understandable. Oh, gosh, this is a typical new woke thing. They need female crash test dummies. But I would argue, if you step back from the political uh, nature of it, that we do need female crash test dummies. And it's okay for us to acknowledge that because what we're acknowledging fundamentally here is that men and women are different. To find the effects on a female body... They're going to be different than they are in a male body. That's us acknowledging that. How can they acknowledge that, though? They just say that gender doesn't mean anything. Why don't they just take male crash test dummies and label them as if they identify as women? And then they get the same interesting results. The hypocrisy is there every step of the way. And we're going to sit here and continue to catch it. I'm a big fan of mockumentaries, and Blaze TV is embarking on a mission to save comedy from the humorless left. And we're launching this mission next Thursday. You can be part of it. May 4th, releasing our first ever full-length comedy film. The film is called Reopening, and it's the kind of comedy flick that, you know, Hollywood would never dream of releasing. If you like mockumentaries, I love them. I mean, obviously The Office was in mockumentary style, um, but also the Christopher Guest movies you're talking about, uh, you know, A Mighty Wind, uh, and Waiting for Guffman, uh, you know, Best in Show. It's that sort of style. It's about uh, the cast and crew of a small community theater struggling to reopen during the heart of the COVID-19 pandemic. It's a work of satire. It, It just shows, it uses Uh, ridicule to look at the insanity of the pandemic and all the weird restrictions. It's really funny. I mean, there's some really, really funny scenes in this, and it's a great way to defeat wokeism, laugh at it, ridicule it, embarrass it. Join us on Thursday, May 4th, 8 p.m. Eastern for the premiere of reopening we'll be streaming a live pre-show on youtube uh, with facebook and members of the cast and you know the the, the film will be available exclusively to blaze tv subscribers uh, right after this show is over it's going to be there waiting for you in order to join the fun head over to blaze tv.com slash reopening use the code reopening to get 20 bucks off your subscription it's blaze slash reopening the promo code is reopening for 20 bucks off Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're on YouTube, click like, drop an algorithmic engagement comment below. The algorithmic robots robots love when you do that. Jess writes, yes, I am here because Tucker isn't on, but I do regularly catch you off hours. Thanks for being here, Stu. We'll take it. That's fine with us. Uh, have Having watched sporadically, occasionally binged, and now find myself regularly viewing. Nicely done segments. Excellent perspective. Thank you so much, Anne. That's very cool. Appreciate it. Uh, wait, so there's People out there who are watching Tucker rather than Stu, yeah, you know, two, two or three, um, you know, million or so. Uh, Robert writes, on an unrelated note, where did you film the opening for your show, Stu? Just wondering. I think that was at Jeffy's house. Uh, very nice, very nice uh, background there. Uh, Stu did Tucker behind the scenes. Hmm, yeah, don't don't think too deeply about that. Stu Does America is my new 8 p.m. show. We love it. We're holding down the fort for you. Thank you so much. And I kind of want to party with Stu's producer. I, you don't want to, trust me, you do not want to do that. We'll see you tomorrow, 8 p.m. Eastern. We talked earlier when we were discussing Tucker Carlson about having a positive vision for the future, not just always complaining about everything. You got to go for what you really want. What's your goal? I'm not looking for a 39.6% tax rate to go to 38%. I want to repeal the 16th Amendment. I want the income tax gone. You can get the mugs right now at repealthe16thamendment.com. Stu does merch.com as well. T-shirts, mugs, everything. Repeal it. We'll see you tomorrow.